Welcome in, everyone. It is week 10. How about that? The first Saturday of November on Big 12 Bets with the Heartland College Sports Network. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. Please, if you're listening to us for the first time, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We love doing this show. Love it. Part of the Heartland College Sports Network. HeartlandCollegeSports.com. A full written breakdown of my top three plays this week and the web-exclusive bonus plays. A little bit of an SEC flair on that this week with some big matchups in the Southeastern Conference. But let's get to it. This is all Big 12. We know it. A full card for once in the Big 12. And let's get into it right away. Let's start with TCU and Texas Tech coming on Thursday night. TCU, a three-point underdog against Texas Tech. And it looks like Morden is going to be back for the Red Raiders. Red Raiders, three-point favorites for 59-and-a-half-year total for this one. Both of these teams going in the wrong direction. Start with TCU. That was really bad last week against Kansas State. Last time out, I should say, because, of course, they had a bye week last week. They were not competitive. Down 21-3 out of the shoot, and it only got worse the rest of the way. Kansas State outgained them 587 to 300, seven and a half yards a play to 4.6. Will Howard and Avery Johnson, that combination was good. DJ Giddens ran all over them. Hoover looked bad. It was a dreadful performance by TCU. And really, again, look, we, we all knew last year was an aberration. We knew it was a one-off fluke for this program. Sonny Dykes in year one, Max Duggan, Quinn Johnston, just everything that could go right went right a year ago. And now here we are. They are, look, they're an average football team. And they really need this game on Thursday night in order to make a bowl. Because if they lose this game, games against Texas and Oklahoma remaining, those games are games TCU is not going to win this year. And... If you're going to make a bowl game here in 2023, you got to have this one against a Texas Tech team that is three and five. And yes, Texas Tech has been obliterated by injuries this year. It looks like Morden's going to play on Thursday night. Texas Tech is in a position where they need this game in order to even have a shot to go to a bowl because they're going to be a pretty nice sized underdog in Kansas next week. And they're going to be a huge underdog in Austin the final week of the year. Yeah, they might beat Central Florida, but Central Florida is a little bit of a mess. But you look at this matchup. Texas Tech, to me, has been the biggest disappointment in this league. And yes, I know they dealt with a bunch of quarterback injuries. But you really kind of saw that something was not right with this team in week one. You blow that huge lead in Laramie. Yeah, it's a difficult place to play. I get that. And we were on Wyoming that afternoon, or evening, I should say. But you kind of could see that there was something up with this team. And that they weren't the same happy-go-lucky team that Joey McGuire coached a year ago. And I just don't understand why this turned so quickly with Texas Tech. And I fully expect... I, look, Joey McGuire is not going to lose his job or anything. 
But I expect a little bit of a refurbishment within that coaching staff after this year. Now, to this game here. We're getting the whole three with TCU. 59 and a half is the total. You can get about plus 125, plus 130 in the money line. I like TCU to win this game outright. I know we're not expecting Chandler Morris yet. I know that Josh Hoover really played poorly against Kansas State, but this Texas Tech defense ain't Kansas State. And I expect TCU to go out there, play a good game here tonight, bounce back after that horrible performance from a week ago. And I expect TCU to win the game. Take the three. We'll take a short money line price with the Horned Frogs in that one uh, Thursday night there in Lubbock. All right, let's go to the big one. Well, not that big one. We'll get Bedlam in a little bit. Don't worry. Texas, Kansas State. Texas is a four-point favorite as we record this. 49.5 is the total. We wrote this up in the article. I I bet Kansas State when it was five earlier in the week before the article was able to come public for everybody. Four and a half was still good on Kansas State. Four is still good on the Wildcats. Four is still good. Now Malik Murphy was solid last week in his first career start for Texas. Now, didn't have to do much. BYU, not a good football team, and Texas completely overwhelmed them with their talent and their speed in that game. It's a little bit different with Kansas State. Now, we're going to look back at this Kansas State season and say what could have been here. Where they lost on a 60-plus yard field goal at the gun to Missouri back on September 16th. And then, that loss in Stillwater still perplexes me. And I know Oklahoma State has turned out to be much better thanks to the legs of Holly Gordon and more consistent quarterback play from Bowman. But Kansas State can't lose that game to Oklahoma State. They're too good of a team to have blown that game. And now to go on the road to Austin, where, look, the Big 12's playoff hopes are on the shoulders of both Texas and Oklahoma. I have a hard time seeing Oklahoma getting in with one loss right now. And I yes, I understand Oklahoma beat Texas and Texas lost to Oklahoma. But Texas is, if, I'm about to tie in knots here, but follow me here. Texas's win at Alabama is a better win to the committee than Oklahoma's win on a neutral field against Texas. And Texas's loss to Oklahoma on a neutral is a better loss than Oklahoma's loss to Kansas in Lawrence. Everyone got that? Everyone got that? So by the committee's standards, Texas has the better win and the better loss. Which, yes, I know Oklahoma fans probably couldn't follow that, and that's not much of a shock, because I could barely follow it. But I'm in a scenario here where Texas is the, they're the team. If the Big 12 is going to be represented in the college football playoff, it's got to be a 12-1 Longhorn team. That's a Big 12 champion. But I would not be surprised if this weekend ends the playoff hopes, honestly, for the Big 12 as a whole, because we'll get to Bedlam in a little bit. Kansas State's defense is where I'm, and it's strange to say this with a with a climbing team, with how hard-nosed they are, and coming off three straight performances. And look, 
This could very easily be that Kansas State has looked really good because they played three of the worst teams in the Big 12 back-to-back-to-back. They destroyed Houston last week 41-0. They beat TCU 41-3. They, after looking like they might struggle for a little bit against Texas Tech, ran them out late 38-21. I'm no mathematician, but that's... uh, 120-24 120-24 to 24 that Kansas State has outscored their last three opponents since the loss to Oklahoma State. That's sheer dominance. I don't care that you played the bottom feeders of the league, potentially, and the bottom, or the next to last bottom feeder, because Cincinnati's now the worst team in this league, more than Southern Houston. But I expect Kansas to ride their running backs in this game. I expect them to ride Ward, ride Giddens, ride... Avery Johnson's legs as well. I I think we'll see a little bit of a quarterback split yet again. Same with Will Howard's legs in this game. And yes, there's always a question of will Kansas State be able to be in the same realm of athlete as Texas. But don't be surprised if we're talking about it about, oh, I don't know, 3 o'clock Central time on Saturday that Texas has two losses and they're out of the college football playoff mix. I like Kansas State even at the worst number of four Take the points. This feels like a close game here. And a coaching advantage as well for climbing over Sarkeesian. We saw the coaching advantage with Oklahoma over Texas already show up in, in Red River. Wouldn't shock me if it shows up again there in Austin. All right. I want to get the two mediocre games before we get Bedlam here. Houston and Baylor. Baylor is a four-point favorite. Totals 58.5 in this one at Waco. Uh, I Look, I crossed this game off my list immediately. Baylor actually has a legitimate shot to steal a bull bit at this point. And I know that may seem ridiculous. They're 3-5. and five. Yeah, I get that. But they're going to be a favorite. They're a favorite in this game. They'll have a shot to beat West Virginia the final week of the season. It'll all come down to beating TCU and Fort Worth. Houston, look... We've talked about it all year with the Cougs. They're just not that good of a football team. And if it wasn't for that miracle against West Virginia, they would be the worst team in this conference. And yeah, they played Texas tough, but Quinn Ewers got hurt in the middle of that game. Texas did their usual sleepwalking garbage. But we saw what Houston really was last week. Just utterly overmatched and poorly coached in in, in comparison to the well-coached teams in this league last week in, in Manhattan, where Kansas State just ran them out of the building at, at, at Snyder Memorial, or Snyder Family Stadium, I should say. Again, I don't like either of these teams. They're both bottom four power-rated teams in this league. I stayed away from this. 58 and a half does feel a little high, but you're dealing with two bad defenses here. I'm not sure Baylor should be favored by four against anyone other than Cincinnati, but this is a stay away. I can't, I can't do it. We're going to stay off of this with Baylor and Houston. All right, the Central Florida and Cincinnati next. By the way, all these games are 3.30 Eastern games, 2.30 Central. Uh, Cincinnati's a three-and-a-half-point underdog at home against Central Florida. Both of these teams looking for their first Big 12 win against their former conference mates from the American. Uh, Central Florida really disappointed me last week. Really disappointed me. I thought that was a good spot off of really playing Oklahoma tough. To come home, play a West Virginia team that I thought had played over their head so far this year. And Central Florida was not really competitive in that game. And Garrett Green was great. 
And West Virginia averaged six yards a play. Yeah, Central Florida averaged almost seven. But that defense was just not good enough to play in that game. Turn the turnovers too much. Four to one uh, difference with West Virginia winning that battle by three. Just not good enough from Central Florida. On the Cincinnati side of things, look, this Bearcat team, we know what they are. They're just not any good. And that was a great spot to go against Oklahoma State last week. And Oklahoma State ran, legitimately ran Cincinnati out of the building. 45-13, a 35-6 second half. Ollie Gordon with 271 yards rushing. Wow. What a, what a year Ollie Gordon has had. Where if he played for a more high-profile team, like Pete Mundo said earlier in the week on his podcast there on the network, Ollie Gordon would be a legitimate Heisman contender if he was on a more high-profile team than Oak State. That's not a shot at you guys, Cowboy fans. It's just the reality of what it is. You usually need to be in a national title mix in order to win the Heisman at this point. Oklahoma State, even with a possibility of playing in Arlington, they are done because of those two losses they had earlier in the year to South Alabama and Iowa State. All right. But this one with Central Florida and Cincy, we're staying out of it. We're staying out of it. If anything, I guess I would take points with Cincinnati. But Central Florida, even though they have the same record and still win in conference, they are much better than this Bearcat team. This should be a spot where Central Florida probably wins the game, but we're going to stay out of it. All right, let's go to Bedlam. I did not write this up in the column because I think these numbers are right. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, game in Stillwater. Final time these teams are going to play as members of the Big 12 Conference, and it may be a while before we see Bedlam again. Oklahoma's a six-point favorite, 60.5 the total. Oklahoma last week, uh, you know, it had been a few weeks coming for Oklahoma that they were going to get got. And credit to Kansas, we'll get to the Jayhawks later. But Oklahoma, I mean, if you look at the offensive numbers, and it really showed up against KU, where Dylan Gabriel couldn't throw the ball in inclement weather. That's this is kind of the telltale sign that you got a guy who isn't really that good. And look, Tex, or Oklahoma, you look at their offensive numbers this year, especially in conference, under six yards of play against Cincinnati. We know the Bearcats aren't any good. Against Iowa State, even though they scored 50, 6.5, good, but not elite. Texas, in the comeback in the Red River game, six yards of play, better. Yes, I know that's uh, less than what they did against Iowa State, but six yards of play in that matchup, pretty darn good. But then the last two weeks, against Central Florida, 5.3. That's not good against a bad defense like the Knights. And then against Kansas, they were only at 5.9. Kansas outgained them, and Kansas outyard per played them. And Dylan Gabriel struggled to throw the ball in the wind. It was just because they ran, and they ran at volume in that game. And Oklahoma State, look, on the Oklahoma State side of things, I am amazed that the Cowboys are in the position they're in. A win in this game, they're good. They have a legitimate shot to make it to Arlington. And quite frankly, if they win this game, it would be a huge disappointment if they didn't. Because Iowa State's not going to win out. If Oklahoma loses, that's two losses for Oklahoma. And with K-State and Texas, one of them's got to lose this weekend in Austin. Oklahoma State, after this week, at Central Florida, at Houston, BYU, the three American teams that came over, 
that is an amazing opportunity for Oklahoma State to steal a bit into Arlington. Now, for this game, Oklahoma State, I again, Ollie Gordon has been amazing. Ollie Gordon been the be- arguably the best player in the Big 12 this year. And I, you can make the legitimate argument that he has been. But for Oklahoma, last week against Kansas, they missed a layer of toughness that they showed against Texas on defense. They had the toughness against Texas. They made the big plays when they had to. They didn't do that against KU. The opportunity to win the game on that last drive, leave Lawrence Arnold wide open, and you lose the game because of it. And you're at a point here with Oklahoma, and you expect the Sooners' talent to win this game against an Oklahoma State team that has played way above their heads the last month plus. But it's the last time that these teams are playing each other as members of the Big 12 Conference. And there is going to be an extra layer of hatred in this game where we know Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans don't like each other. We know this. This is one of the best rivalries in college football. I don't have to tell you this. I'm I, The people that live it on a daily basis know it better than I do. But don't discount a ticked-off, annoyed, bitter, angry, intense crowd at Pickens this week. Don't be surprised if Oklahoma State, even though everything shows that Oklahoma should win and cover this game on the road, don't be shocked if Oklahoma State wins this game. It's the main reason I didn't touch it. I had no idea what to do. Six feels right. Oklahoma winning by three wouldn't shock me. Oklahoma winning by 17 wouldn't shock me. Oklahoma State winning outright wouldn't shock me. So this is the classic stay-off game. I can't wait for this one in Stillwater. I am going to be rooting for it. Sorry, Sooner fans. I'm going to be rooting for Oklahoma State. I like the chaos. And also, too, for the Big 12's prospects, Texas... Easier road to 12-1, and one, probably better, even though you can make the argument that a win over Oklahoma would do more for Texas in going into the college football playoff picture. All right, last two games on the slate. Let's go to Morgantown next. 7 o'clock Eastern, West Virginia hosting BYU. Uh, I did not touch this one. West Virginia is a 10.5 point favorite. The total is 50.5. Uh, I, I got to give West Virginia and Neil Brown a lot of credit. We've already talked about this. I thought West Virginia was a five-win team going into the year. They're a double-digit favorite, obviously, this week to get win number six and get ball eligible. They're probably heading for eight wins. They're going to be a favorite against Cincinnati. They'll be a favorite on the road in Waco. They'll lose at Oklahoma next week. But for this West Virginia team and for Neil Brown, who was squarely and correctly so on the hot seat, an eight-and-four season is a heck of an accomplishment. And that is squarely in front of West Virginia here. BYU, again, we talked about BYU. BYU's numbers, I I mean, offensively speaking, have been dreadful this whole year. And they won a lot of games smoke and mirror-wise. They're going to have to beat Iowa State next week if they're going to want to make a bowl game. Because they're not beating either of the Oklahoma teams. They're not beating the Sooners, even though the game's in Provo. And they're not winning in, in Stillwater the final week of the season. 
BYU has been a big, and again, I like BYU season win total under at the beginning of the year. We wrote it up in a column at five and a half. We need them to lose out to win that. But the way that they've gotten to five wins has not been overly impressive from BYU. All right, let's go to the last game of the night. Kansas and Iowa State, this is a really good game. Iowa State, a two and a half point favorite, total 53 and a half for this one. I got a credit, I wrote it up in the article. Big credit to Matt Campbell and company. Uh, this season looked like a total loss season early in the year, but they have really stabilized the ship. They're five and three. They're tied for first in the conference. They play great defense. Credit to Rocco Beck for really playing very well over the last month. And now they welcome in Kansas, who is coming off their biggest win in the program since they won at Orange Bowl, 2008. Been a long time since KU's had a win like that. And it is a brutal spot for Kansas this week. I understand why sharp bettors have taken... Other sharp bettors have taken this from one to two and a half. I understand it. It's a horrible spot for Kansas. Iowa State's at home. It's in prime time. Iowa State playing really well, coming off of a nice win on the road in Waco. It is a brutal spot for KU. A letdown spot if you're ever going to see it. They don't. At least they don't have the Sunflower Showdown next week. If Texas Tech, so it's not really a look ahead for KU. But with that said, there is something for being the better football team that has to be given here. And I know Cyclone fans might disagree with me on this because they'll say, oh, the early season, we lost the coin flip to Iowa and the Ohio game, everyone was sick with the flu. Okay, fine. Sure. Even if that's the case. Kansas is still a better football team than Iowa State. If this game's in Lawrence, Kansas is a four-point favorite. Three-point favorite, at least. And you look at the way that Kansas has played under Jason Bean, where, again, I we I assume we're going to see Bean again on Saturday. Uh, Jalen Daniels, I'm a little bit... If we didn't see him against Oklahoma, there's absolutely no reason to put... Jalen Daniels out there unless if he is 100% healthy at this point. You made a bowl. You're not going to Arlington unless if something really wacky happens. There's no reason to play Jalen Daniels again this season if you're Kansas. So this is Bean's team. And we saw the full Jason Bean experience against Oklahoma last week. There was some brilliance. There was some what are you doing, dude? And we could see that again this week against a really good Iowa State defense. But when push comes to shove here, when Kansas has been at his best this year, it's when they've been forcing turnovers and scoring off turnovers. They did it to BYU. They did it last week for the first score against Dylan Gabriel. And they did it against Central Florida. When they're turning teams over, they are very hard to beat. And this feels like a game where Rocco Beck's going to turn the ball over. And if that's the case, KU's going to win this game. I like them on the money line. I, pl- I like the plus two and a half. Kansas is just a better football team. They find a way at Trice to get it done. KU plus two and a half and outright to wrap things up here for week 10 in the Big 12. This has been Big 12 Bets. I'm Jeff Parles. You can get me on the tweets at Jeff Parles. That's uh, my name. I'm um, sure. We've, I've seen a bunch of angry emails as well. Just click that, uh, that mail moniker up 
on the article that's online at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll see you again next week, week 11, amazingly. Enjoy your weekend of college football, everyone.